Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to the Utah Man Podcast. Bringing you the latest news and analysis for your Utah Utes. Now your hosts, Cameron, Ryan, and Scott. Welcome on into the Utah Man Podcast. On this episode, the Utes get their first win of the season in the Pac-12, and we're talking Utes and Beavers. I'm Cameron, and we got Ryan. What's up, Ute Nation? And we got Scott. I'm back! Tanned and wet. Scott's looking very tan. How is pal, my I friend? And tan and hairless. <laughs> <laughs> It's true. I'm on the same couch with him. <laughs> oh, good to have you back, Scott. I'm I'm glad you survived Powell with the in-laws. Yep, we uh, we made it another year and uh, ready to uh, break down that exciting UCLA game, baby. <laughs> Let's go ahead and jump into it. So Utah gets the win, 14 to seven over the Bruins, and you know, there's a lot of excitement on the very first play of the game, and then not so much after that. <laughs> the best excitement after that was booing the officials. <laughs> <laughs> you know, honestly, I mean, obviously, how that game started, that pick six first play of the game was awesome. And then, you know, Utah, their first offensive possession kind of moved the ball th- you know, Nate had some good, um, good completions. They're moving. I thought, okay, this team's taking a step. And then they kind of stalled out. And that was just the theme of the game was stalling out. You know, they were able to move the ball in some occasions, um, but just obviously could not finish, could not really take advantage or really get in consistent even field goal range for, uh, for Joey Cheek or Joey Cheeks, I don't know which one it is, but um, I don't know. I don't know. I I don't know where I stand on the Nate Johnson saga. I know where I stand. Get Cam Rising back. Well, yeah, I think everyone knows Cam. Utah needs Cam Rising back. I'm firmly in the camp of Utah was pulling everything back they were playing not to lose, rather not to win. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it was clear as can be that Andy Ludwig, Kyle Whittingham do not trust Nate Johnson. They were not going to allow him to really make a, a, a pivotal mistake. Although he tried a couple of he times. He did. He did try. And as soon as he did those a couple of times, it was give it to Glover, give it to Glover, give it to Glover. And... You know, I mean, there's talk that obviously Johnson and and uh, Rising were splitting reps all week, um, and that was very apparent in that in in what we saw is Nate did not look sharp. 
The game plan looked like it was built around Cam Rising playing, not Nate Johnson playing. And I think that was a big reason why the offense was so stagnant. And while it, it just that offense does not fit Nate Johnson. No. And if we're going to continue to see Nate Johnson moving forward, they have got to adjust this, how, the, how they call a game because you need to spread the defense out when Nate's on the field and utilize his speed. These, these uh, bunch formations, two tight end sets, that is not his strength. He is not Cam Rising throwing the ball. And I just, it just feels like we're trying to, you know, put a, fit a, a square peg into a round hole. It does not look like it's going to work. No. And, uh, you know, I, when I was watching the game and I rewatched it yesterday, it seemed like the plays where they could get Johnson out, out of the pocket or just get the ball out quick. That's really where his strengths are right now. And it seemed like a lot of the past plays, it was a three-step drop and trying to read the defense. And I just don't think that's his game. And I don't, maybe eventually he'll get up there. But when you look at what he did against Baylor, what he did on that drive uh, to score right before halftime, it was quick throws. It was that screen out. It was quick runs. It was just getting the ball out of his hands quickly. I think that's where his strength is. And to your point, Scott, it it did kind of seem like they didn't really, they didn't really have a game plan for him. They just kind of threw whatever they could, and it just did not look good at all. I I like it when they roll him out and give him some options. Like there's some, there's a deep guy, there's a middle guy, or there's his, or the he looks and he can run. He he seems to do well in those, and he also seems to do well when they run play action and which they're not doing enough, they're not doing enough of, but when they do, there was a couple of times where they, he had a nice pocket and hit Bailey down the field, at least a couple of times on some deep balls. And they need to do, they need to do more of that. It's when they're, you know, the zone read and he follows Glover into the line. It just doesn't work. Well, but the zone read, he doesn't even keep the ball on the zone read. He never keeps it to keep the keep those defensive ends honest. And I mean, we ran the ball 48 times. 48 times. And UCLA was selling out to stop the run. Play action when it was when it when we actually did it, it was there. I just I didn't understand. Now look, I'm not bagging on Ludwig. He's He's a genius. He is one of the top OCs in the country. But that game's plan still did not – it didn't work, and it didn't – it did not fit Nate. I just – I mean, there were so many fr- – there was – everybody was frustrated. The boos that were heard, they were not at Nate Johnson or really anybody specifically. They were the play calling. Where you hand the ball off, yes, late in the game, I understand you're trying to run clock and you're trying to um, just shorten the game. But when you turn and hand the ball off to Glover three consecutive times. When they have three timeouts. And you're running him up the gut. There was no creativity on how you're trying to run the ball. You know, we weren't trying to get to the edges. You weren't doing any fly sweeps. Um 
I mean, even even the runs that were designed for Nate Johnson had no creativity to it. And so that's my frustration. It's like, yes, Nate's young. I know he doesn't know the whole playbook yet. And Ludwig does not trust him with the whole playbook. That's not going to change overnight. But you have got to be a little bit more creative to help this kid along. Because if you're just calling the same plays over and over again, the defenses are going to continue to tee off. And UCLA, they're good. They're good defensively. But guess who else is good? Oregon State. We're going to see that on Friday. And unless unless some changes and they kind of open up this offense, get creative, get Nate out in space, you know, I mean, heck, go five wide, spread the defense out, defense out, and then run some designed runs for him out of that. But this idea that you're just going to keep running bunch formations, two tight end sets, when I'm not even sure we have ex- you know live tight ends on the roster right now. <gasps> Did Thomas Yasmin, did he come back? Is he playing? The tight ends have been a big disappointment this year. And, and, and yes, granted, Utah hasn't had the most stellar performances out of the quarterback position. But to your point, Scott, if the if tight ends aren't producing, if they're not even getting looked at, then change up the formations. Like I'm not I'm not gonna sit here and pretend like I know more than Andy because clearly <laughs> clearly that's not the case. It's just I, I just think from a perspective of uh, this this is a young kid who's trying to gain confidence. The defense is teeing up, teeing off on him. You've got to, you've got to throw some new wrinkles, um, and and try and keep at least keep the defense somewhat off balance. Why aren't they running the Jalen Dixon play using either Parks or or Mikey Matthews? I haven't seen that. No, that's because I mean. <laughs> I think it's because Andy's fallen in love with the screen pass. <laughs> and so there's no there's no opportunities to call those uh call those sweeps. But you know, I just we're we're really I know we're four and oh, we're number ten in the country, but we're at a very critical point come Friday night that if if we don't get Cam Rising back soon, as things are progressing, we could we could be in a tailspin pretty quick. I mean, f- four of our next six games are against ranked ranked opponents with Oregon State, USC, um, Oregon, and Washington. That is brutal. And as as good as elite, as amazing as this defense is playing right now. Averaging just barely over twenty points a game is not going to cut it. They've got they've got to find a way, whether that's the return of Cam Rising or figuring some things out with Nate to uh, to, to you know get a little bit more creative and and get the offense some momentum and get them going. But I don't know. I mean, nobody seems to really know what's the deal with Cam. You know what. Uh, are we going to see him? Are we going to see him this week? Are we going to, heck, are we even going to see him at all? I mean, there's so much up in the air that 
I think that's I think that's the most frustrating part of the season so far is it's not it's not that he hasn't played yet. It's that we have no clue when he's going to play. It'd be awful to waste the, the how great the defense is this year and not being able to put an offense on the field. I mean, if Cam Rising can't go, he can't go. If he's if his knee's not where it where it needs to be, that's that's just the way things are. It, it's awful. It's too bad for the fans. It's too bad for him. But as Scott said, you got to figure something out, and it would be a it would be a waste of a season. Well, what the waste is? We are wasting this defense. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is. This may be one of the best defenses that have ever played at Utah, which is saying something. These guys are playing at such a high level right now. Man, if we if we could get some slightly above average play offensively, this team is in it. This team has a chance to three-peat. This team, heck, has a chance for the college football playoff. But if things don't change and they don't change quickly offensively, it's brutal, man. I mean. Okay, are you ready for my hot take? I'm ready. What is it? If Rising does not come back for California, you have to go with Johnson the rest of the year. You know what, Cam? I don't know if that's super hot. I would, <laughs> I would, I mean, I mean, I would tend, I would agree with it. You've got to, you've got to turn that over. And I don't think it's fair to the offense and to Nate Johnson that he's the starting quarterback TPD. And how, as an offense, do you grow when you know, oh, well, he's only here part-time? And like you said, Winningham even mentioned in his Monday presser, they're still splitting first-team reps. That's not doing any good. You've got to do something. No, I, I I agree. It's not helping Nate when he's splitting first team reps. I think that's a detriment. But I understand why they're doing it. Is when Cam's ready to come back, they need him to have been practicing. But I don't know if I would actually say the Cal game. But if we get to the point of the season where we have two conference losses, there's no chance of making the Pac-12 title game at that point. Um, so I think if, if we lose at Oregon state and then USC, I think at that point, if Cam isn't back, you play Nate, get him ready for next year. Um, get him as much experience as he can so that he's ready to compete with Brandon Rose, um, Isaac Wilson, or, you know, Utah very well could bring in a a transfer from the portal, uh, to compete with those guys. But you, you almost have to kind of look at next year. Um, if you get to two losses, you're, you're, you're done is in, in regards to the Pac-12 title game, in my opinion. Do we know what the situation is with Rising? Does he have a medical redshirt? No, I think he's used it all up. Yeah, I actually read today that uh, now he uh, – because he, he had his original redshirt uh, um, at Texas – and then uh, transferred to Utah, got the COVID year. Um, I mean, this is his sixth year. So um, I, I think he could potentially petition the NCAA for a medical hardship. 
um, due to the amount of injuries he's had. But there's no guarantee that he would get um, he would get it. And I mean, old for the NFL. And, he, and he's yeah, he's old. I mean, at this point, if he has if he wants any shot at the NFL, I think he's got to go this year regardless. But but I don't know. I mean, it's just so frustrating to see the amount of talent. I mean, heck. Utah's beaten Baylor, Florida, and UCLA with our fourth, fourth whether you want to say third or fourth string quarterback, and the amount of injuries that we have. Our dang kicker's not even healthy. I mean, we're relying on Joey Cheeks. I mean, what is going on? Is that the hot dog eating guy? <laughs> oh, that's Joey Chestnut. <laughs> close, close. That's similar um, leg there. <laughs> uh, so just wrapping up with Nate Johnson, he goes nine of seventeen again. Like I don't, he didn't throw after the middle of the third quarter. I think it was. He never had another passing attempt. Had, I think he only had three pass attempts in the whole second half. Yeah. If I'm if I'm right, if I'm remembering rightly. Yeah. No, definitely they were playing not to lose in that, which I hate. I I don't like that. Uh, looking at the rushing attack, uh, Jaquin and Jackson, ouch. They need him. Glover, don't get me wrong. Glover showed well. It was great to get him a lot of, a lot of reps, a lot of playing time. But Utah just any... cannot afford another injury. From what I've heard with uh, JJ, he's just he's he's got a bum ankle, and he's he got it in Florida. And he's been gutting it out, and he goes to the sideline, hobbles off, gets it retaped, tries to go again. And he just keeps re-aggravating it. And it's, so it's kind of one of those things, unless he gets a few weeks off, he's probably just going to continue to deal with it. Um, but but if it gets to a certain point, he may not be able to just keep taping it and get back into the game. So, I mean, it's critical. I mean, Kyle talked about um, uh, John, John Randall potentially uh, dressing and getting in, uh, who's a t- true freshman, big recruit. Man, I was hoping it was going to be my guy, Dejon St- uh, Stanley, but uh, um, it's crazy what this team is battling right now from an injury standpoint. And now, did Kyle did allude today in the press conference that potentially upwards of eight guys are about close to returning? So that's good news. Hopefully, one of them is the kicker. Um, hopefully, one of those is O'Toole, but. Guys, what do you do when O'Toole's ready to come back? How do you take either – I mean, you can't take, can't take Ellis off Ellis the field. Off the field. He leads no. the country in sacks. And, and Fano has been super impressive. I think yet was Fano's – Logan Fano's best game of the year. Against he was UCLA. great. He was all over. He was just living in that backfield. So, I mean, granted, obviously, it's a great problem to have. And, and you know, I think Morgan's probably going to get pretty creative, you know, probably putting multiple three, four defensive ends on the field at a time just for speed rush. Um, so, I mean, but I, I don't know if you I don't know, Cam, if you want to dive into the defense yet, but. There is so much to talk about defensively right now. Yeah, no, let, let's get in there. 
yeah, obviously this is the last year for the Pac-12. And so I think Utah is just trying to do what they did when they entered the Pac-12, have mediocre offense and try to win with their defense because their defense has been lights out, completely shutting down UCLA. And really, that seven points they gave up just ticks me off. It kind of seems like Utah went into a prevent defense on that third and long. And I, I think if they well, I mean, would have played their normal defense, I think they would have shut them out there. Well, and they, they also got hosed on that, that drive because uh, due to the, um, what was the call? The, the, oh, lab, or the, the illegal, illegal substitution. substitution. Yes. Yeah, I mean, that was absolutely, thanks, Mark Duddy. Don't know the rules, dude. That was that was abysmal. They they substitute and don't allow us to substitute, and and they even talked about it and still got it wrong. But I mean, how great was it to see Cole Bishop and Sione Vaki at the line of scrimmage? Those two were absolutely amazing everywhere with the versatility they have, being able to move Teo Johnson to safety. And bring those two guys up to to support the run defense. I mean, it's just phenomenal, phenomenal to see what the, the talent that Scally has to work with back there. Yeah, I got to say that's that's gutsy play calling. I think it, to bring Vaki and Bishop both up to the line, probably your two best tacklers um, in the DB area, and have them both up on the line. And kudos. As you said, Ryan, Teo Johnson kind of stepping up in that role, playing playing back there. It's just a fun defense to watch. And is it? Do you yeah. guys think this is the best defense? Well, I mean, so far, now, there's, still, there's, there's some pretty big tests that are lying in the weeds here between Washington. What they're doing offensively right now is insane. USC, um, Oregon. I mean, so there's there's some big tests. And, and now... Let, let's be honest. If UCLA has, I mean, they dropped they dropped a touchdown in the end zone. They they had other guys streaking that were wide open, and more just overthrew them. So that game very well could have been much different. I mean, UC, UCLA really should have put two more touchdowns on the board without question, with just a little bit better QB play. And guess what? USC's going to do that. Washington's going to do that. Um, Oregon's going to do that. So as elite as the defense is, and you look statistically, I mean, obviously tops in the conference, one of the best in the country right now. Ultimately, they're still going to give up some points just due to the, the sheer talent that they're going to be going up against. And that's why you, you just can't sit back and go, okay, well, the defense is going to hold everybody to 10 or less points a game. That's not going to happen at Washington or at USC. I mean, that's why the offense has got to get going and, and it got to put points on the board. There's no doubt, I think, that this defense will hold those teams under their average, but they're still going to score 25-plus points without question just due to the talent level. Um, but, I mean, it's, it's awfully fun to watch these guys right now. Is there a return policy on uh, Miles Battle? Um, <laughs> is there like a like a ninety day return policy to the SEC? I, I, I he hasn't been. I, that I bad. honestly, I mean, joking aside, 
he's the biggest weakness on the defense so far. I would agree. He's not ex- he's not extremely weak, but when you compare him to the other guys on the field, yes, he is the weakness on the field. I mean, he 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 almost single handedly blew the Baylor game. <laughs> he he's letting guys just waltz by him. I mean, he he let a guy get past him, and then the very next play, he blows an assignment and lets another guy go by him. And again, that was Dante Moore didn't take advantage of it. But I'm just not sold. I was really excited about him, but he has not he has not shown well so far. A little disappointed in Zavia Vaughn in pass coverage. Well, I mean. Uh, he, I, I would say he's he's had some ups and downs, but he ain't no miles battled. <laughs> he's got an interception in the Baylor game. Ba- battle doesn't have that. All I'm saying is there's room for growth, and 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 he's gonna. I have no doubt that he's gonna get better. I just thought I thought, and maybe my expectations were a little high. I thought day one he'd be ready to go, and he would be an an instant impact uh, player on the outside and just haven't really seen it yet. Uh, but, but you know what? Morgan continues to put him out there. So they, they obviously are seeing things that they're happy with and uh, um, they're willing, they're willing to keep playing him. So, you know, he'll get better, but man, some rough moments. There's no doubt. No, it, it's been rough. Um, you know, we, we, you mentioned it earlier, uh, Jonah Ellis, three and a half sacks in this game. You got to feel a little bad for more. He was just getting roughed up all game long, and that was awesome. Well, I mean, that that last possession, three consecutive sacks really to end the game. I mean, it was impressive. The, the D-line, I mean, we really haven't even talked about Tanavasa. He's probably the breakout player defensively this year. Yeah, I mean, nobody mm-hmm. really expected him. I mean, in regards to the tackle spot, it was Tafuna. It was Viamahe who got that bogus targeting um, penalty. And and I'll tell you what, Tonavasa has come in. He has looked lights out. I mean, the depth at the depth at tackle, the depth at D end is is it it's insane guys like we've never had this amount of t- talent ever we've we've got we've got guys that were four-star recruits that aren't even breaking the rotation right now because of the depth that we have on the d-line it is crazy and and, and you're seeing it sack like city is fully back i mean what what ellis is doing right now is is something Especially for a guy who's not overly big, he's six two, and you know, I mean, but he's he's relentless. He's quick off the snap. The guy is performing so well, and I mean, you know, obviously Bishop is is having an All American type year. Sony Vaki is awesome. Teo Johnson's been a young stud. This defense is absolutely loaded, um, and they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna give Utah. A, a chance game in and game out, but it's all going to come down to Nate Johnson, Cam rising, getting this offense moving. How great was it that 
Chip Kelly has only scored 10 or less points three times in his career, and all three are against Utah. This, I know he and Kyle are pretty good buddies, but does he kind of hate Kyle under the surface <laughs> a little bit? <laughs> it is crazy to think that of all the offensive power that he had at Oregon and was really running away every single year, it seemed like, with that offense. Uh, since he's been at UCLA, he's kind of been held in check most of the time. And maybe just because he wasn't getting the athletes like he was getting at Oregon. But it does, well, but, it mean, does seem like Utah's had his even, number. He's not even running the same type of offense. No. And, I mean, I, I know that offense, you know, defenses have kind of figured it out. And he was kind of like Urban Meyer, right? He he was he brought this new offense to the scene. It was so fast. It was hard for people to figure out and and play it. And and defenses had have adjusted. But I I am a little bit surprised that UCLA. You don't see some aspects of what he did at Oregon um, because it, it's definitely more kind of a, a pro set in, in a sense. You know they love the tight ends as well, um, but. I mean, they're a good team. There's no doubt about it. They're they're going to end up as one of the best defenses in the in the in the conference this year. Um, so it was great getting Dante Moore as a true freshman, especially in Rice Eccles. Um, but uh, it's kind of a bummer, and we're not going to see those guys in the future, or at least in the near future. Did you did you hear what Kyle said today? I did hear. Yeah, that, that was an interesting comment. And and this isn't the first time he said something of this note. So it it kind of begs the question, does Kyle know something that we don't? I'm sure he does. But I mean, he kind of talks like it's a certainty. Yeah, he does. And BYU hates it. Oh, <laughs> and that's why I love it. It's so funny. So for those of you who did not hear what he said, this is Winningham was asked about now that UCLA and Utah are going to different conferences next year, what he said is, we'll play UCLA down the road because it, it will change again. There will be another shift. There'll probably be a spot where we play each other again. Yeah, that, uh, that doesn't seem like, you know, just simply speculation. Well, you know Utah's ultimate goal, well, I think everyone's goal is, but Utah has been wanting to get to the Big Ten. And we know oh, that sure. Utah has had discussions with the Big Ten on what they need to do from now until when they're ready to expand again to be in the spot to get picked. Oh, no doubt. But it almost feels, like Scott mentioned, it almost feels like he knows something and it's just a matter of time. I I don't think that it's going to be, what what is the deal like? seven years in the big 12 or something like that is that what our well i mean it's it's at least four years probably um you know four to six i think is kind of the range but he almost talks like he he's gonna be around for it like <laughs> i hope so now morgan i don't Scal- want i don't want him to leave morgan scally's hoping that's not the case but um but yeah i mean he's getting he's getting to a point in his career where he probably is gonna look at shutting it down sooner rather than later. Okay, but but I would I would argue if he does know something that he's extremely confident that Big Ten invite is coming, 
he may want he may want to be around for it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he may want a, that opportunity. And if he continues to have success over the next four to six years, um, continues to enjoy what he's doing. I mean, heck, why step away? You're, you've got this thing humming right now, especially from a talent perspective. Um, it, it'll, it'll be interesting to see. But, you know, it, it's one thing to, yes, our goal is to get uh, that Big Ten in, invite. It's another thing to actually get the Big Ten invite. And the way that he's talking, it, it's pretty interesting. So, you know. Hopefully, hopefully there's something to it, but uh, um, nonetheless, see if we can uh, make mo- one more run at this Pac-12 title before uh, before we go to the the doldrums of the Big 12. Just one last thing with this game, you can't. I think whether we need to mention uh, the punter Bo Meester. Woo! He, I mean, compare him to last year. There's a couple of games. Well, not a couple of games. There were several games last year. Like, dude, this guy is not. He's not uh, college punting material, but he's turned it around and he's he's flipped the field. Oh, he's several times this year. He's been awesome. Oh, There's, yeah. I mean, no doubt about it. The unfor- unfortunately, the lone really the lone bright spot are special teams. Um. Still continue to get nothing out of the punt return game from uh, Sharif Shah's squad, um, but and and obviously I think you know once we get Cole Becker back, you know I think we're going to be just fine uh, from the field goal perspective. But yeah, Jack has been an absolute. It's like the light bulb went off, and he's like, oh okay, this is what I'm supposed to do. I can do that. And it doesn't matter if he's, you know, running to the side or if it's just a straightaway kick. He he's bombing them. Well, and the, the hang time. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's almost allowing for no returns yeah. because it it gives enough time for the guys to get down there and surround the the, the punt receiver. I mean, so it's uh, he's been he yeah he's been a huge bonus um, and and a kind of a surprise bright spot, no doubt. And one last thing. Can we just petition for a night game for Cal? I'm so sick of Oh, please. Please make it a night game. For personal reasons for me, please be a night game. I hear you. I hear you. This, these day games, I'm, I'm just not, I'm not used to this many, these many day games. It's crazy. Okay, here's another thing. Has it, has it been, does it feel like the Pac-12 has been more on Fox so far this year than years past. Kind of does feel like that. Well, there there were there were three straight national um, Fox broadcasts in a row last Saturday, with Utah being one of them. You know, so but but part of that is because I mean, look look at the Pac-12. Who who doesn't want to watch these matchups? Who doesn't want to watch these teams? I mean, granted. So you got you got four Pac-12 teams in the top ten. Insane, insane. We're up against a break. When we come back, let's dive into this Utah Oregon State game. <laughs> 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Utah plays a short week and heads up to Corvallis on Friday night to take on the Beavers. I want to go through the list. These are the notable players that have been out. Cam Rising, Mackay Bernard, which we know he's out for the season, Brant Keithy, Johnny Maya, Van Villinger, Tavita Fotu, Connor O'Toole, and Cole Becker. Do you guys expect any or all of these players back? I'm, one of these days, I'm going to be right. I'm going with my gut. They're all coming back. They're all coming, all coming back <laughs> for Oregon State. Well, are they coming back this week or sometime this season? <laughs> sometime this century. No, what, what are you saying, Scott? Do you think we get half, all, one or two? What's your gut thinking? Well, the problem is none of us really know what all these injuries are. I mean, we don't know what Cole Becker's injury is. Did his foot fall off? Did he pull a hammy? I mean, I don't know. I mean, Connor O'Toole, it sounds like he had appendicitis. or I mean, that's what I've heard. I don't know if that's the case, but it seems like he's been out a long time for an appendicitis. Um, I don't know. Maybe that's against HIPAA. I shouldn't even speculate. (laughs) Um, But... uh, (laughs) I mean, that's part of the problem is we don't even know what some of these injuries are. So it's, you can't, it's hard to speculate, oh, yeah, he should be back any moment now because how serious are these injuries that these guys have been facing? And I, 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 I'm, I'm done, guys. I am done speculating, and I, I'm done talking about Cam Rising. I'm so sick of this. Like, I know, I know it's not on him. Like, he wants to come back. But I'm done playing the game like, oh, I hope he's back this week. Like, no, like he, he's either back or he's not. That and sounded like Cameron imitating you last time. I know. <laughs> Whoa, what is that, by the way? Oh, Scott's calling. Scott, Scott and his uh, uh, soprano voice. <laughs> I thought it was spot on. I thought it was spot on. Oh, uh, Scott. Uh, oh, Cam, I thought you were so smart. <laughs> it was like milkman imitation. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, it's me, Tyrone Corbin. I'm the milkman. <laughs> oh, I'm injured too. I can't play either. Nobody delivered the milk. I can't get off the couch. <laughs> I can't play. <laughs> Somebody give me some chocolate milk. Stat. See, now you know why my impression of you was spot on. <laughs> oh, but now I'm done. I'm done with the Cam Rising game. If he comes back, he comes back. It's nonsense. No, here's the thing. I don't want him to play against the Oregon State. Why? It's because a sh- he- <laughs> Because Nate's his boy. Nate is my boy. 
No, it's a short week, and they have a bye the next week. It's a short week for he hasn't played a game. It's a short week. <laughs> he hasn't played since January. That's one long week, dude. And then they have a bye. That's what I'm saying. Suit him up Which the fourteenth against decent. Cal. And if he doesn't, you sit him the rest of the year. That hot take doesn't hold any water. Guess what, Cam? Okay, or let's think about this. We're we're get, we're starting to talk about Oregon State now. Okay. Oregon State, they're opening up their new stadium. They're all jazzed about that. They're fired up. Well, guess what? A number ten team is coming into the into their stadium, so they're going to be jacked up for that. Oh, and not to mention, they just got left behind by Utah and by everybody else in the Pac-12. They're pissed. They are going to be so fired up for this game, and unless Nate Johnson is like reincarnated this week into like Tom Brady. We are going to get smoked. That's my hot take. If Cam Rising doesn't come back, I think we get smoked. I think we do, too. Did you not watch Oregon State lose to Washington State this past weekend? Dude, Washington State is good. I, I'm not saying they're not good, but you're making it out like Oregon State is this top 10 team that is just going to run over Utah unless Cam Rising's there to stop them. Okay. Utah. And here's the thing. No, you don't even know how well Cam Rising is right now because we haven't seen him since the Rose Bowl. Right. But you know what? I would take Cam Rising at like 80% over Nate Johnson. And I think every fan base outside of maybe you would agree with that. Because... Nate Johnson in the future may be really, really good, but this ain't the future, Cam. He's not ready. Because the the coaching staff isn't letting him. Look in the why are they not letting him? Because he's not ready. Next question. Foiled again. No, Cam, I know he's your boy, and he may end up being like an all timer before all is said and done at Utah. But there really isn't much of an argument in the fact that he's not ready. No, I mean, I'm not going to disagree with that. And I'm not coming in here to saying that he's better than Rising. Because, I mean, Rising Rising's a winner, right? We, we know that. Rising is a winner. He commands this offense that Johnson just isn't there yet. What I'm feeling, though, for Johnson is they're not they're not turning the offense over to him. And that's where, where my feeling, frustration level is with this. Where are you feeling these, these feelings for Cam Johnson or, Cam, or for Nate Johnson? Like, are they in your gut? Are they lower than your gut? <laughs> where? I think he meant your loins. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us, Cam, expound on this. I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna respond to that, Scott. <laughs> oh Cam Cam loves him some some Nate Johnson. I love it. I, I love do. it, Cam. I do. I, do. I, I love the fact that you love him. 
I just, I just, I, I get really nervous relying on him. <laughs> Down the road, I think he's got a chance to be really, really good. But uh, unfortunately, that road could be a long one. If they go in with a similar game plan that they had this week on the road, our defense can only do so much. Utah, even even if you just look at the last two years with Cam Rising, what Utah does offensively on the road versus what they do at Rice-Eccles, and you could even say the same thing for the defense, playing at home at Rice-Eccles versus on the road, statistically, offense isn't as good, defense isn't as good. Utah has struggled on the road. The last time we went up to Oregon State, we lost. That was an ugly game. Oh, it was. A, it was. I mean, I, we we had two punts blocked, yeah. one returned for a touchdown. I mean, it was it was it was really bad. But my point is, we don't play as well on the road as we do at home, and we just scored seven offensive points in Rice Eccles, and now we're going up to a hostile environment and they've got a good defense. They've got a, a, an above average offense. They're not lighting it on fire, but they're still a good team. I just, this is, this is tough. I, I just don't see us coming out with a win in, in this. Now I hope I'm wrong. And I, I wouldn't put it past this team because they find ways to win. Even if it's ugly I just think this is a very tall task with the current personnel offensively that we're playing with. Don't send me angry tweets. I definitely would take rising over Johnson uh, any day of the week. Um, one thing that does make me nervous, yes, on the road, when you just look at these two teams comparable, and I know it's hard because they, they haven't played the same schedule, um, really just they're out of conference stuff. Oregon State's offense, over 450 yards a game compared to Utah's barely 320. I mean, and they're, they're scoring just, just barely under 40 points a game. <laughs> That's almost double what we're scoring. And, and they're only giving up 17 points a game, you know? So it's not like they've got a horrible defense. They've got an above-average offense, and they've got a good defense. And we've seen We've seen that the last several years. They they have really progressed offensively. Um, Jonathan Jonathan Smith, I like the guy. I think he's a great coach. What he's done at Oregon State um, is phenomenal. And I think, man, they they've got this game circled. We're the back to back Pac-12 champs. That's what they want to be. Number ten in the country coming into their stadium on a Friday night. The lone game of 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 the day they are going to be so jacked for this game i just i don't know i'm i'm just not overly optimistic but it'll, it'll be interesting i mean they've got a good run game uh damian martinez dude's a dude's an absolute stud and they can they can run the ball now granted UCLA was number three uh, rushing offense in college football going into the game last weekend, and we held them to nine yards. So um, that obviously plays into our uh, into our strength right now defensively. But I think the question is, who do you have? Do you have uh, DJ Uga Unga Gulunga um, 
or Miles Battle? Like, who's winning that? <laughs> well, I was going to say, yes, the whole rushing attack thing, but UCLA had a true freshman, whereas Oregon State has a very experienced starting quarterback. He is very experienced, but he he isn't a lights-out quarterback. You can rattle him. And if, you get, if you can put some pressure on him, you can make him make some mistakes. But he's all, he can also make you pay, too. But, but he's probably not making the same mistakes that Moore just made last week. Oh, no, yes. You know, if, if you have guys streaking down the middle of the field or on the outside, guess what? He's going to hit them. And you just you, you can't have that happen. And, man, I got, I got full confidence that Scally's going to kind of have some of those issues addressed. You know, some of those were blown coverages. And uh, so I don't expect that. But at the same, at the same time, we're going, against, we're going against good players and good, good schemes. We're not going to win every time. You know they're 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 gonna beat us here and there. And uh, again, like I said earlier, I think I think without question we hold Oregon State under their average of thirty nine points a game. The question is how much under is that? You know, twenty 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 seven points still still might be enough to beat us if we can't if we can't get the ball in the end zone. Hey, seventeen might be able to. Be enough to beat Utah, right? Especially on the road in this environment with Nate Johnson. So it's the defense is going to have to continue to be lights out um, to kind of cover the the lack of offensive production right now. Unless unless they can find lightning in a bottle, maybe maybe they change some things up and Nate Johnson goes off. Um, Maybe the offensive line kind of gets going a little bit. I mean, going back to the offense, I think that's maybe between the tight end position and the offensive line, that's probably my biggest disappointment so far from a position group this year. Utah right now is giving up over 60% of their snaps. They're giving up pressure from the offensive line. When going into the season, we were supposed to have a top 10 offensive line in the country. Most of the guys were coming back. And so that's that's where we need to see some improvement as well is, hey, Nate Johnson's young. Give the guy some time. Create good pockets. Allow him to make his progressions. Don't make him have to have to get outside the pocket you know, immediately and, and, and create. Give him some time. And then obviously in the run game, Regardless of who's back there and who's healthy running the running the football, we've got to be productive on running the ball. We've got to be better than what we have been um, running the ball. I mean, that right there, if we could consistently get chunk yardage, get some first downs, that's going to help Nate Johnson more than anything is just taking some weight off of his shoulders and run the ball and – just be a little bit more balanced offensively. Well, and if Nate Johnson is the starter, if there, if Oregon State's putting eight and nine guys in the box, let him throw it. Right. You have to. I mean, you have to, right? Yeah. You can't, you can't run against a front like that consistently. You've got to challenge the one-on-one coverage on the outside. 
So Ludwig, I hope I hope you you know you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> In between your film watching, he's listening to the Utah Man podcast. Yeah, he 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 cares what we yeah. have to say. We have all the sure. answers. <laughs> All right, so Utah is traveling to Corvallis to play the number 19 ranked team in the country in Oregon State. Right now, Vegas has Oregon State as the favorite by three points. Scott, who do you got and what's your score? Oh, you know what, boys? I hate doing this. I really do. It's against my, my religious beliefs to pick against the Utes. But I'm doing it. I think I think this is just going to be a tough. I think this is going to be a tough game, um, tough environment. Um, and with what we've been seeing offensively, I think uh, I think we're going to continue to struggle. I think you're going to see a final score: um, Oregon State 31, Utah 17. Ouch. Ryan, what do you got? I'm going to give you two scores depending on who plays quarterback. <laughs> oh, of course. Oh, oh. If Cam Rising returns, Utah wins a close one, 27-24. If Nate Johnson gets the start, uh, Utah loses 28-17. to when you guys have no faith, no faith in this Utah team. Well, I, to be fair, I'm not getting those burning sensations about Nate Johnson like you are. <laughs> and they haven't shown us anything yet. I mean, four games. Yes, they're they're number ten. They're four and zero. Oh. It's all been defense. The offense has not shown anything in the four games. I mean, Cam, I'm I'm almost ready to start the. The Barnes bandwagon again. <laughs> desperate times call for desperate measures. I, I will say on that, writing tracks after the game on Saturday, and there was quite a crowd around me that was talking that Barnes needs to get back in. <laughs> <laughs> so there, there is a part of the fan base that's looking at that. Uh, you know, for me, if you look at the weather, it's supposed to be about 60 supposed to be rainy. I think if Utah can make this an ugly game as the weather. I'm pretty sure we can do that. Pretty (laughs) sure we can do that. I think they can pull it out. However, I just think it's a little too much to ask of this team right now. I'm going Oregon State 27, Utah 24. In In the history of our podcast, have we all picked against the Utes ever before? I don't know that we have. I don't think we have. I don't think we have. We've lost our faith. Look what your boy's doing to us. Look what your boy's doing to us. Sad times in Utah Nation right now. Utah's got to get a lot of these guys back from injury. But that will do it for this episode. Ryan, where can people find you on Twitter? At Drummond Feather. I know how we can fix this offensive problem. The defense can play two ways. <laughs> You know, uh, I think I would have more confidence in Nate or uh, Bishop at quarterback than Nate Johnson. <laughs> All right, Scott, where can people find you on Twitter? Oh, yeah, well, they can find me at. <laughs> Told you it was spot on. 
Yeah, you can, you can find me at Uteman underscore forever. That is Uteman underscore forever. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Utah Man Podcast. You can listen to us at our home, utahmanpodcast.com. And anywhere you listen to a podcast, we are there. And hopefully all three of us are wrong and Utah gets a big road win over the Beavers. Go Utes. Go Utes. Go Utes. will be till I die. Kai, yai, yai. We're good. Let's cut it. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are their own and are no way affiliated with the University of Utah.